open discussion about nerdy topics for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is your nerdy tutor, myself, George, and with me today, the world heavyweight champion mom, my mom. Welcome. Hi. So, we did something, um, now obviously last week we talked about Game of Thrones, I wanted to give you at least like two weeks to kind of watch all of that because it's a lot, it's basically asking you to watch about 10 hours worth of material and while I'm, I'm part way in and and while I know you have opinions about it we don't want yep 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 we got to go to a special treat here this week we had Raw live at the San Jose Arena WWE yes so we had I mean my only my only one little regret about this is that we didn't get the t-shirts to arrive beforehand well, but you bought me a very nice T-shirt, which is very appropriate for our trip to Japan because it was a Becky Lynch. And again, didn't know in, in Japanese. When I saw that, I was like, "Must get that. That'll work for when we go to Japan." Oh, it's perfect. Yes. So, um, so what were your initial thoughts about even going into this year? Okay. So, so realize my experience of RAW actually began in my parking garage because I actually work at the the parking garage that's closest to the arena, and I was watching people arrive. And it, it struck me as I was watching people arrive, there were a lot of um, 10, 12, 14 year old boys. Yes, a couple, again, a lot of young girls here as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and a number of young girls as well. Um, although, you know, it is kind of a male dominated yeah, thing. Yeah, very much. But, but um, it, you know, the breakdown's actually probably 70 30. Mm-hmm. So, a reasonable number of women there. Um, so, it struck me that it's a different audience than the concert audience or the sharks audience Mm -hmm. um sharks hockey um that i usually see parking in the parking garage okay now that's not to say it isn't diverse but it was it because it was very diverse um both both ethnically and and also um in terms of of sort of culturally yep um Whereas I, I guess the others maybe aren't as much. So it was, it was in, interesting. I, that was where I first started observing it. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier in the day, I'd actually been um, coming back from the airport and saw um, the WWE trucks pull up. Yep. Um, and people waiting in line um, outside to, to, I think, greet some of the performers by the back entrance to the, um, the arena. So that was interesting as well. So the experience starts early. So yeah, like normally it takes the, the WWE crew about two days to set up the arena for a show, um, and obviously like a lot of the stuff that you see there in the show beyond just the ring and the stage itself is usually furnished by the WWE. So they offer, in some cases here, they might have specialty chairs that they bring that the first row and the first kind of like rows get here if they get to take home with them. Oh. Yeah, it's big. If you get to sit on the floor for like WrestleMania, there's a special chair that you get to sit on that's furnished by yours to keep. Yours to keep. Oh, Cause you bought, be... Well, because you bought the seat. Will they ever come here with WrestleMania? I well, do that. they did in they did in uh, about four years ago for WrestleMania 31. Okay. Um, and the only reason I remember, and the beyond the simple notion that I knew that here is that some of them stayed at my hotel when they were ha- when it was happening. Okay. And you can see some of that in the DVD material. Oh, oh, very so, cool. Okay. So some of the DVD material does show like them staying at the hotel. It doesn't name the hotel outright because a lot of the time, if people know where wrestlers stay at, they'll tend to frequent those more often. And wrestlers tend to, because they have to pay for their own 
meals, they have to pay for their own travel, they have to pay for their own hotels. They get compensated really well to do that, though. Yeah. Um, but And it allows them to make choices that they want to make, too. True, but again, like if the if the promotion were paying for that, then they wouldn't have to make those choices. They might be able to stay closer to the to the arenas. In some cases, they might spit, they might stay up to like 35, 40 minutes outside of wherever they're traveling to, just in the just for like either it's cheaper to like maybe stay out in like Gilroy or Morgan Hill or. Well, some- so so I shouldn't say anything about who I saw leaving the hotel next to my building. On, on the following morning? Uh, probably. You can say who, but just not name the hotel. Okay. Because there are several hotels in downtown San Jose. There, there are. So. So, so, yeah, several several people leaving, leaving the hotel. Yep. Yeah. And they're big guys, too, aren't they? They're, in, in, like, yes. Yeah, I was pulling in mm-hmm. at, at, at 7 o'clock in the morning. So they're, they were leaving, actually, very early. Yes. Which was interesting. Um, but I was pulling in um, as they were um, heading in, out. Yeah, as they were heading out. And, um, and, and uh, they're really big guys. I often relate this to my thing with Stephen Curry from the Warriors here. Mm-hmm. That you see him up against everybody else, you think, man, he's a small guy. And then you actually see him in person and, like, no, he's like 6'3, and you're just like, Oh, that's right. Everyone else there has got to be like six foot eight, six foot nine, like close to seven feet tall. I used to work out at the same gym with Chris Mullen. And the year that the Warriors um, were um, in San Jose, mm-hmm. the year that they played at, at uh, the arena. And, um, and you know, I'd, I'd be on a treadmill next to him and I feel tiny and I'm, I'm 5'10". Um, he, he was huge. And I, I get that at work too. I'm like a six foot one, six foot two kind of guy, and everyone else is very much under me. Yeah. And it's that it's one of those rare cases in which I have to tilt my neck upward to sue somebody else. Yeah. And like, but again, I mean, like, I, I, some of them have stayed at my hotel too, and like, you see them come in, and you're just like, they're a lot taller and bigger than I than I thought. We're talking they were. custom clothes broad shoulders not oh, so yeah. much it wasn't so much the height that got me was was these Ooh. guys are 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 massive especially in the arms and shoulders yeah well again i mean yeah. like, sometimes i mean and we saw it when we were at the show they're lifting up guys that are probably about equally about you know, 250 to 300 pounds and they're lifting them up as if like they were just like weighing nothing in some cases yeah okay so let's talk about so so we got in and we got seated. And, and first of all, we're in California, so we're on um, Pacific Coast time. And, um, and we left my office at 3.30. I'm a 10-minute walk from, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So we were there by 10 to, in the arena by 10 to, 10 to 4. At least, probably. Yeah, maybe a little earlier. And the arena was already packed. And most, most people, as we were taking our seats. Most people still just getting in. I mean, like, we got to our seats, and there was nobody in it, but. You know, immediately I, afterwards, almost, like, like, yeah. shortly there afterwards, like it was almost like jam full. It felt like, yeah. And so, so people arrive early. The show started filming at five. So the show started filming itself at about four thirty ish or so. Okay, and that's when they started doing the what they the main event here. And that's okay, just, and that's yeah. like in so main event we saw I believe, um, we saw Titus O'Neil and Noah Jose versus. I thought Noe uh, Jose was really cute because we're in San Jose. 
it was kind of funny here as well as it usually has a conga line that kind of goes out behind him. Like no conga part, line today. Well, because yeah. he's, well, he's on main events, so I mean, like it's if it gets Earlier. broadcast, it gets broadcast like in between other stuff. Okay. Or like sometimes on Saturdays. Okay. And so like it, it's not always something that gets seen all the time. So um, so he was there. He got. Um, and then they were up against uh, the Viking Raiders. Or okay, and this was a tag team. And and so so let's let's talk about this because um, one of my first observations is the audience is as much a character as any of those wrestlers. Yes. Um, that was so much fun because the whoo. Um, the, Be, the, before the, we ever got started, like you would hear one person do it, and then it would just every, echo throughout the entire well, arena, it, it, as, oh, as, especially as closer as we got to showtime. Oh yeah, no, it was it was like like watching in the old days, watching the wave, um, because it would sweep through the arena in very much the same sort of way. Um, so so it started out with the booze, but then everybody has their own song, and there are audience participation opportunities. Like everybody knew, no way, Jose. Yep. Um, and and the the Viking guys came in as well to something that would everybody. New. New, yep, and um, and the audience is is very much participating in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. This is again. I mean, like, what kind of makes or breaks characters in some cases here? Like, is their audience reaction? If you can, with as the as the wrestling term is, if you want to pop the audience, and that and that notion being that you get the audience to react to you or what's happening around them and things like that here, essentially. So if you can make the audience react to you in a certain way that you want them to react to you then you and there's cheap ways you can do it here too you saw a lot of the time where especially in tag teams you'd see the guy on the apron like stomping the the, the ring steps or like clapping trying to get and the getting, audience getting everybody to clap and it seemed okay so so it, and especially true and we saw several different types of tag team there was a three-way tag team there was um also tag teams with three people Yes. On each side. So three-way being three teams or three people being three people. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. We, we got a nice um, little gambit here this week. But what you, yeah, it was a, a really good, they knew we were coming. It was a really <laughs> good cross-section. But um, when they when they do the, the whole clap thing um, and they, they, they get everybody in the audience and it almost seems like when it hits a certain decibel, mm-hmm. then the wrestlers. Something, something aerial happens. Somebody climbs up on top. So if, and as I looked at my pictures, because I'm sitting there with my cell phone taking pictures, um, all the best pictures have people in flight. Um, so there seemed to be like a really big payoff for getting the audience into it. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. And the more the audience likes or hates you in a lot of way, will really decide if you get on TV more often. And if you get on TV more often, oddly, oddly enough, you get to do more things you get to go for the championship you get to go for titles you get to have more interesting matches and you get in a lot of cases you also get paid a little bit more because again the champions get paid an extra bonus for being the champion in a lot of cases despite the fact that it's a pre-decided sort of thing here well okay so we can talk about that in a little while too oh i I wanted to kind of kind of um ask you about was so the match has started, and, and as we're watching the first the first match, and it's a tag team match, and they have to hold on to the string. And so there's a little string that's right by the corners that they are in, um, and we got we we were seeing it from 
from where the camera was from where from where the camera was filming. So the, right. So the camera was across the way from us, which is the hard camera that has the entire ring. So to us, the good guys are usually on the right, the bad guys are usually on the left. Uh, but it's the opposite way around on the other on side. camera. So yeah. the good guys are usually in the top left hand corner and the bad guys are usually in the far right hand in the bottom. And, and right we should hand say corner. baby faces and, and what heels. is and heels. Baby faces and heels, yeah. Uh, what are the rules of tag team is you got to hold on to that little string so you can tag somebody in. Because then the notion would be that you would just walk all the way down closer to them and get tagged in. So you kind of got to be in your corner to get tagged in. Holding on to your rope. So you got to hold on to that rope. That's That little rope is like how far you can go so you can reach all the way out there to kind of get it. And Okay. So one of the funnest things about um, watching the tag team was watching the gyrations of whoever it was who was down on the ground looking like death warmed over, crawling like a man who hasn't had a drink in the desert for weeks, um, and, and, and reaching, reaching, reaching. Oh, almost got him, and then he's gotten pulled out of it into a different position, and now he's back to crawling across, and he finally slaps that hand, and he gets up, pops up, and, and goes right on the other side of the ring. It looks just handy. Yeah. It is... It is <laughs> um, you, 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 as as you've put it before, have to suspend belief. You do have to suspend your disbelief. But on, on this. but on the flip chat, flip side, I have to say, I have a really sturdy, intact inner child, and <laughs> I'm really happy for that because um, if you just let yourself go, it's like a telenovela mm -hmm. um, cross with General Hospital and the world turns. Um, with um with muscly guys yep and and um if you can just go with it it's a blast it, it is again this is often why wrestling is known as the male soap opera so one of the things i noticed about the people who were really big stars and got sort of the 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 largest um pops and entrances the biggest cheers okay were people who had sort of oversized really animated faces yes You'll, you'll notice that a lot of it throughout the entire thing, everyone's very animated, which is interesting because, again, I mean, like, from where we were, we could tell that, like, they're overacting the hit. And that's not uncommon because you want it, because, again, you're trying to sell that this guy's, you know, punch to you really hurt. Like, like it's so, their thing is so devastating that you get knocked back from it. So you need to have a face, an oversized face that can express that. Well, your face is going to sell a lot of what is going to sell a lot of it here. I mean, this even goes back into an old, an old bit from animation. Here is that like if you're going to animate anything, you're going to animate the face because, or you're going to spend the most time on the face because that's where people's eyes naturally gravitate to. Well, I mean, it's not quite Yosemite Sam. No, but but, but it is that very much. Um, the, you're right, the like twisted a, sort of pain, this excitement and energy in this face is like look of hatred that you've got in the face for this other person you're wrestling with or yeah I mean like it's it all kind of comes down to the face here in a lot of cases because you watch the face and you see the face and you very much are of the opinion here that like the second you see all this happening you kind of want to see well what do they think and you're not going to read it in their body you're going to read it in their face so so my so we we watched one of the one of the ones we got to watch was um uh, a trio of luchadors. Yes. Okay. 
really glad I got to see them. Mm -hmm. um, they even brought a pinata onto the stage. They all had pinatas. Did they all? Oh, okay. They were all just tossing out candy into the crowd. We saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, so, so I felt like they were at a bit of a disadvantage because they didn't have facial expressions. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the mask in in Mexican wrestling is a very important deal. Like you can't lose your mask. If you lose your mask, you're never allowed to wear a mask ever again. Um, so that so the mask is a big deal, and oftentimes like. Every time, every single show they come out on, they might have probably about two or three dozen different masks that they have that they'll just switch out in between shows okay. with the gear that they have. So, um, so they go through a lot of masks in at least in more modern terms. If you go back way old school, you would have had just the one mask, and nobody would have ever taken that off your face. You would even have matches where like you wager the mask versus like something else. So they, so they were very colorful, but I felt like, and, and they certainly had a persona. Oh, yeah. They, they, they did. Um, so I don't want to make it sound like that. But I felt like they were at a bit of a disadvantage because you couldn't see, really see their expressions. See their, yeah, you couldn't truly see their reactions to their faces here. It's, again, like, part of the problem with some of the wrestling here is just that, like, there's been one really good masked character that's made it in the WWE that's Rey Mysterio. Mysterio. Uh -huh. Yeah. And he gets off a lot he gets away with it mostly because of his athleticism and his small stature. I mean, he got to remember like by comparison to Abrabetos, he's about 5859, five, so he's about as tall as you as, as you. Okay. But again, when he's in the ring with like 6 foot 3, 6 foot 4 guys, I mean, he looks just minuscule by comparison. And so he gets off, again, a lot of these guys in the Mexican style here gets off with being very showy, very movement-oriented, very much flips and dives and extreme sort of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they did that sort of stuff here. Um, but, I mean, like, you don't get to see a lot of personality in their faces at all. It ends up coming a lot more from their body. Yeah. And, 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 the, and these guys' masks were like, Really covered up a lot of their a lot of their bodies and faces. So yeah, like, so it, it, I mean, I felt like I felt like as you said earlier, we we had an excellent night. I had such a good time, um, uh, and we saw a little bit of everything, including mm -hmm. the three luchadors, which which was fun. I mean, it was they, they it was, got trounced. They got trounced. Yeah, but oh, well, we can talk about that later. Okay, so yes, they got trounced, but. Um, what was what was interesting is how they pair they when they when they pair up matches. There's obviously a lot of thought that goes into drawing sharp contrasts. Yes. So the match they were in had some very sharp contrasts with yep. the other with the other participants. Is that what do you call them? the other wrestlers? The other wrestlers. The other wrestlers. So so you have you have these. Um, Tidy whities I don't. I don't even know what to because those they're, are. They're, they're called briefs. They're, they're, they're not very brief. They're again. They they they'd be like you know like. They're like granny the, panties. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, they're, 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 it's not like they're bikinis or, or, or thongs. Um, they're they're like granny panties. They must be. You know, it's probably a thicker fabric, and I imagine it's you know something mm -hmm. like the the fabric that my um, cycling shorts are made out of. And they have a compression and, fabric, and they have a drawstring that's underneath it that they tie it off around their waist. So obviously, you don't get situations where 
people pull it off. Mm-hmm. Although one of the guys had his his, his, his tights done, and you his, can see quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened later. But so you had you had sort of a couple of different styles that that repeated. Yes. Um, one was the um, briefs. Yes. As as you put it, which you know came with all sorts of spangled stuff on their ass. I I, I mean, like, does it hurt to fall on that stuff? No, no so, it, but it, it's it's. But everything hurts when you fall on it, though. I mean, in, in all terms. I mean, your intent, your again, your intent in wrestling is to, I mean, spread the impact as much around as much as your body as you can, so it's not as impactful. I mean, to these you. things are rocked with with rhinestones and all sorts. I mean, that's what it looks like, at least from where we were sitting. Um, uh, more sequins. More sequins, yeah. Because more sequins, sequins would be flat. Okay. Sequins would sequins would fall flat as where like rhinestones would give the opportunity to. Um, we're talking pretty yeah. sparkle spangle. Oh no, yeah, no. Again, I mean, like, again, all I mean, over a guy's ass, front and front and Fr- back. front and back. Yeah. So, so you had you had that style. Mm-hmm. You had sort of the sportswear women's legging style because you don't see, usually see men in in like capris. No. Um, so you had sort of the sportswear capri compression like pa- compression like pants. Yeah. Yeah. I would, what like I would yo- think of almost as, like yoga pants almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so much. so sort of the the compression pants style, and then you had the guys in the in the big shorts that were obviously sort of sort of um, rapper. You had a couple sort of rapper guys. Yep, you had a couple. Guys. You had a couple guys in what they called jorts, which are denim shorts. Yeah, um, that were like a lot more like basketball shorts in a lot of cases. It came down about almost like past the knee, were like wider, a little bit more thinner. Keep in mind they were wearing like, I guess is the best way to describe it is like bicycle shorts underneath as well right so like compression had, shorts yeah yep, so they're wearing bicycle shorts underneath um you also had a couple guys who wear um leotard kind of like you know like the old like the like old what you wore would have worn in seventh or eighth grade if yeah, you were wrestling precisely and again some of them are like the full leg version here which we saw with uh kurt hawkins and then we see um the other one we saw is kevin owens kevin owens also wears a singlet this is what they're called. Yeah. But he has he always wears his T-shirt on the outside of it. Okay. And he's always got the shoulders kind of cut off here as well. So he's always wearing. So he always wears a singlet to the ring. But that's his look. Okay. So so typically, like let's talk about a tag team. If you had a tag team, mm-hmm. you'd have like one of each, one brief guy, one um, sort of sort of uh, athletic capri, mm-hmm. and one sort of jorts. Sometimes, yeah. In in the match that we saw here again, when we saw the uh, three way tag team title match with the revival of the Usos and um, uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins here, like the revival are in, or what they call like an or treat themselves kind of like an old school wrestlers. Old school, yeah, and yeah. So all got, the guys in the briefs were were, were more sort of old school. Kind of an old school, yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah, they're in the briefs. Um, you got the Usos, which are very much kind of this, um, I, I guess, urban gangster kind of flair to yeah, them. Well, okay, that's a good description. Okay. Uh, kind of got very much this urban gangster flair to them, which is part of their charm at the end of the day here as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Kerr Hawkins, which is in a full-legging singlet, and then Zack Ryder is ingested his briefs. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon for two teams sometimes to just be both in briefs. Um, but it's they do try to have a nice mixture of what you see and who you're with. Because yeah. I mean, like of all the, te- I mean, especially when it comes to tag teams, like you want to have similar costumes to the other guy because that's the inte- 
that's the entire appeal. I mean, like, if you were to ask me which one is Jey Uso and the other Uso, like, I couldn't tell the difference between either of them. You actually have to see the tattoos on their sli- on their shoulders to know which one is which, because one of them goes down to the right, and the other one goes down to the left. Nice to know. Yeah, and then the same thing with uh, the revival. Like, I could not normally tell either one of them apart at all, beyond one of them's got a beard and the other one doesn't. Okay, so so yeah, so they they definitely were pairing styles. Oh yeah. Um, and and distinctly different styles, and that seemed to be true. Really, all the way through. Yes. And the women's matches as well. Well, the women's matches are certainly something interesting as well. So let's go just through the card as we had it there. Okay. um, So the first bit we had here, when we actually had the actual show coming up, we had had Seth Rollins, which is the Universal Champion, coming down, talking about how he recently just beat up Brock Lesnar with a chair. And then we have... The chair became a thing. Chair was very much a thing. Though the callbacks, remember, if you remember your callbacks, it happens. Yeah. Uh, and we had Baron Corbin, who was also a very tall. He's like seven foot one, kind of little lanky guy, but very quick in the ring. Okay. Um, he was up there talking about how he's gonna have. He gets to choose his special guest referee when he gets to his match in two weeks. But then we also had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens come out as well, and. Sami Zayn is being the squirrely kind of guy he is, and Kevin Owens comes out, and he's Kevin Owens. It's like, I'll fight anybody. I want to just fight people. Okay. But Seth Rollins is very very much of the notion that, like, I'm going to take everybody on. And this is a classic promo, as they were, you know. So, like, the notion is that, like, we're going to hype up a, a, the main event. We're going to hype up an event here or, or a match here with the intention that, you know, this is kind of what's going to happen. Like, Tune in next week. Well, not even tune up, ne- tune in next week. I mean, like, very much a lot of that was tuned in next week. Some of that was tune in to later tonight, and you'll see this. You'll get That's to true. See this match. That's and true. So, um, so you well, saw there's it. the stomp thing coming up. They were hi- hyping that quite a bit. Oh yeah, so there's that too. Okay. Um, then we get uh, we get the Luchadors versus a very large gentleman, Lars Sullivan, who was quite mean to the guys. Yeah. This I. This match I didn't quite care for as much, but like it's fun to watch like the Luchador guys come out and watch them just get fling, flung and hurled across the across the ring. Well, okay, so let's talk about two different things. Um, all the entrances, because mm-hmm. the Luchador entrance was, was especially memorable. But but you know, there's that whole wall of screens. Yep. So there's the whole wall of screens. That's broadcasting everything, and then the poles on the ring also are are uh, light up now too. Well, don't just light up. I mean, they're they're broadcasting as well, mm-hmm. and and change all the time. Yep. Um, and and coordinate with whatever on you know, the screen. Beast Slayer and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music, I think I was really blown away by how big the entrance. Is. Yes, the entrance is kind of like one of those even deals. Yeah, because even the beginning events mm-hmm. had these huge entr- entrances. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was blown away by, by sort of the... Um, Pageantry? Yeah. They walk in, they sometimes take selfies with people that are ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole, they're slapping hands. They do They do something when they get to the ring, like they'll just run at the ring or they'll like pose in the ring. They all have a special way of entering. They're incredibly agile athletes. I mean, just 
we can talk about that later, but I was blown away. Oh, yeah. No, no. Um, and the crowd is already tipped in, and they're booing and thumbs down, or they're yelling. and That was, and that was actually a big deal with Baron Corbin in the beginning, because we would not let him talk to save his life, and he was just kind of like, just standing up there, just like waiting for anything, waiting for a chance to kind of like butt in at all, but was just like, no, I'll wait. Well, all of us were just booing him and just, and like, in in all honesty, if you're the bad guy, that's the reaction you want. want. That's the reaction in which you're like, hey, back, back office, do you see how, do you see what kind of reaction I can instill in people? Like, this is why I'm the bad guy. That's why I should be pushed harder. Do they ever turn? Yes, they do. And that's a, it, that's the literal term for when it happens, when you go from heel to babyface or babyface to heel is known as a turn and. Some okay. wrestlers do it a lot more frequent than others, um, but yeah, I mean, like, but that's that's the literal term for that. Okay. Um, so you got so you got that, uh, but you know, every every entrance is its own show of uh, in and of itself here sometimes, and we didn't get to see some of the particularly long ones at all here here, here this time. Like sometimes there's some that are like five plus minute long, like. Shinsuke Nakamura or um, well, it starts Finn e- Balor. A lot, well, yeah, so it, it starts even before they come out because they're taping them backstage mm-hmm. with some basically smack talk. Yep, pretty much. Uh, and and so even before they come out, there's there's you know ninety seconds of uh, of them just kind of like you know oh, I'm gonna beat this guy and this guy's not gonna beat me, but you know like I had a hard time here last week at Jeddah and da 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 da. da and, but not, you know, it's not our, it's not our midnight. It's not our Sailor Rollins song. It's not midnight yet. We're gonna go out and beat them, and then they walk out the curtain. Yeah, yeah. So there's just, there's so much to it. So, so yeah, I, I as well thought the, the, the Lars. Uh, Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan Luchador match was, was a little off because he's, he's as you, you put it, ma- massive, and these three guys are, are like maybe one seventy. Yeah, like a good buck fifty at best is, is like. They're 175 pounds. Uh, they actually be, they're probably actually more around maybe 190 pounds in all honesty because they're part of their what muscle. What they're called, they're part of what they call the cruiserweight division, and that's okay. a division of people under 205 pounds. Okay. So um, they have their own championship for people who are under or under that weight here, just for them to compete against. So they're not competing against the heavyweight champion. They're in the cruiserweight champion. Well, Lars is a good 300. Yeah. Well, no, he, he's got to be like 350 here in a, in a range. He was, he was, and he was like twirling them like little batons. At one point here, he wouldn't let one of them get pinned at all. It's just so he could go out and beat up another one. So, Lars Sullivan is from their developmental territory, NXT. Not a lot of people, I mean, unless you've got the WWE Network and you watch regularly, you don't know all the people that are showing up on NXT. Okay. Unless they're really big names, like um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, they were both former um, NXT people. Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is the first NXT champion, even. So, like, okay. these guys coming up from the quote-unquote WWE's developmental territory, if you don't already kind of know who they are, then, like, then you don't. Well, see, but a lot of people there did seem to know who they were. Yeah. They were very excited to see the the luchadors. Oh yeah, they're no. obviously very popular. Oh no, yeah, all three of those guys are very popular in their own right. 
You know but, what purpose I thought they served? Hmm. What do you think they served? I thought they were a little like all the clowns that come out at the circus. Like all the, they come out, you know, you got a bunch of them packed in a little car. And, and they're there. kind of keep popping out, popping out to do yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I thought they were kind of um, like a, a, a light levity to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you will see another match here later on that was very much kind of. Meant tongue to kind of break up the tension. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. And that's yeah. what purpose I thought they served. So kind of the original purpose, I think, of what they're doing here is that Lars Sullivan is not a well-known name. So they're building him up by making him to be this classic bad guy that just trounces over people. And it's easiest to show that this guy trounces over people by throwing around smaller, lightweight guys. Not the first time they've done this before. So you're trying to bring him up in part by taking... Because the luchadors were obviously very popular. Yeah. The crowd was very excited. Yeah. So so you're trying to build up his notoriety by letting him beat up on, on some beloved characters. Yes. Okay. Because again, if you like these characters, like, and here's I, this guy I totally get it. Be, yeah. I totally get it. Okay. Yeah. That All makes right. sense. So next we get a fun little bit here. We get a. We get to have a little pre-taped promo. I'm sure this was a pre-taped thing here. Where it was mm -hmm. Becky Lynch talking smack with Lacey Evans? These are two characters we we'll see kind of frequently here. Split tonight. split screen. Yep. Um, so we got Becky Lynch as the Raw Women's Champion. Um, very much, she's known as the Man. Which is kind of fun. Well, yeah, and it was fun for me because um, of the matches you'd asked me to watch um, in our first our first uh, talk for about this. WrestleMania. Um, for WrestleMania, they were the main event. Yes. And um, uh, her and it was a three way match. Mm -hmm. So it was her. Uh, so it was Becky Lynch versus Charlotte, who was the SmackDown Women's Champion, versus Ronda Rousey, who was the Raw Women's Tag Team, uh, Raw the, uh, Women's Champion. And I was excited to see Ronda Rousey because I'd followed her, her boxing career. Your UFC. Or, yeah. Mixed martial arts. Yeah, UFC. Um, so so I was, but she did some, some straight up boxing as well. Yes. Um, She's a very physical woman. Yeah, well, you know, all of them are, oh, actually. Yes. So, so um, I was excited that I got to see Becky Lynch because I'd seen her win her title. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool. So they're kind of, so again, and she's also talking with Lacey Evans, which is a newer character from NXT. It's very kind of Southern Belle sort of woman that's like... Well accessorized. About, very well accessorized. She always comes to the ring in some sort of interesting getup where she's got to like dress down to get actually wrestle. She has to take off her skirt. Take off her hat. Take off her gloves. gloves. Put down her purse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It meant to be kind of a prissy character, but very like a very macho prissy character, I guess. Where, whereas, uh, whereas Becky Lynch is no spangles, no stars. She's a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. It's got rhinestones on it. I mean, or it's got like maybe like metal studs on it, I guess. It's maybe. metal studs, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty. Um, it's kind of bikerish. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. And, and relatively unisex. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and she dresses a little bit like a lady fighter with with tight shorts rather than baggy shorts. The illusion they're going for is Bruce Lee. Oh, okay. So if you look at it, like if you remember, Bruce Lee had that had that famous outfit with the yellow jumpsuit with the black uh, lines down it. Yeah. This is the opposite, where it's the black, where it's like kind of like the black shorts yeah. and uh, fishnet stockings and kind of the top leather top here, but then it's got like the yellow lines going down it. Yeah. It's the, that's the illusion I swear they're trying to make. I don't know oh. that for certain, but I'm almost, 
but I'm fairly certain that's but, the illusion. But that, that actually works, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're talking smack against one another. They're clearly going to have another match here at Stomping Ground in two weeks. So I'll watch that. If you want to watch it, I'll be happy to, to, let, you, to, to let you watch it here, too, if you okay. want it. But this is, that's just another pay-per-view where not a lot's going to happen. Okay. So... Um, so they're, they they talk smack with one another here. They're going to have a match later on here in the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not quite, not just yet, because then we're going to get... Now, mind you, we're watching this kind of live, and so, like, I don't didn't take good notes while it was there of all the events that kind of happened in between then. Mm-hmm. So I took all most of what happened here from the website, because the website does a very good job of, like, detailing all the stuff that happened in the episode, so... But it might be in the order that they broadcast it as opposed to the order we saw it. Well, Will so, it be? Well, sometimes they'll mi- the sometimes in order to like, because they don't show they don't tell you about every individual segment. Like, as an example here, like on the website here, the smack talk between like Lacey Evans and uh Be- and um Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was actually just kind of rolled up when they did their actual match on the on, in the oh, and we saw it earlier. In and the we evening. And we saw it earlier in the evening. Is that I wondered about that? Okay. Yeah. So like. In, in the show, they probably did it right then and there when we saw it, because the show is almost is basically broadcasted live and edited ever so slightly. Um, which, by the way, how about them commercial breaks? We noticed every single one of them, huh? Yeah. Um, so, they, well, first off, they, they change the mat. Yes, they'll change the mat, mat usually every about one to two matches here. And the, dra- and the drape around it, too. Uh, not the drape around it. They'll take that down to get to the mat, but then they'll okay, put it back, back up. up. Okay. Um, and the intention is that they don't want is that it's a can it, it's a it's a kind of a cloth mat that's underneath a canvas. It's pulled so tightly that like it feels like you're basically walking on like a carpeted ground. Um, but the intention is that, um, especially with the canvas underneath, is that if you get sweat, if you get excess amounts of sweat, which bound to happen or blood yeah, on there yeah that it doesn't bleed onto the next one and you can just rip off the other one like a like a sheet of paper and move on to the next one underneath so okay. they were taking that on and off uh, to kind of pr- to give the illusion that like the mat never changes the mat's always clean and ready to go okay um, but in some cases here if you watch Wrestlemania you can see a big blob of sweat on the a uh, big almost puddle of sweat on there at one point and that would have been Brock Lesnar just sweating profusely onto the mat. Okay. So, um, but they do like to change it out every one to two matches here to keep it look fresh looking essentially. Um, or if it's like a particularly long match like the three way, like the three versus three tag team match that we saw, like they change that out like shortly thereafter. My favorite match. And they do it so quickly too. They like, do. Like There's a dozen, a sta- dozen stage heads come out of almost free, uh, almost out of nowhere like they they're there for like maybe a minute and a half or two and then they're just like gone into the wind just like well that's so, so that's an interesting thing there are a lot of people working the outside of that ring that are are almost invisible i mean i sat there thinking are they crouching down so that we don't see them or are they coming at they coming out of nowhere i mean there there are actually quite a few of them yes it's kind of like being at disneyland almost yeah i mean like because I remember at Disneyland one time, like, I think Dumbo went down for whatever reason. We were there. An arm of Dumbo fell off. Yes. Like just. And we were there. Just intention, just like, yeah. into, the, into the water underneath. Which is, when you think about it, hey, maybe that's why the water's underneath there. 
Well, but it was interesting because people appeared from out of nowhere, and it had the same sort of feeling. Just like, just out of, just like, like all these like Disney sheriff people with it. And the badge I love for Disneyland, it's got the little, it looks like a, like a, like a police badge, but it's got the mouse ears on it, so it's non-threatening. Yeah. But it's very much like, oh, it's the Disney police. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I had very much the same feeling, where the people fixing things, grabbing props as people toss them off, like, like leather jackets sometimes and you saw, and Sometimes you saw like extended backstage promos and that was for them to kind of switch out stuff in the ring from yeah. like, uh, like when we got to, so when we get to The Miz talking with Samoa Joe, it's The Miz is sort of like talk show sort of thing where he just talks to people. They actually set up, set up like interview chairs on the stage and brought out balloons. They brought, uh, well, they brought out, they brought out a carpet. They yes. brought out they brought out like a velvet carpet for the for there. They brought out interview chairs. Um, sometimes they'll have like a television that comes down from the rafters that they just kind of hangs there right behind them. In some cases, um, the Mizes talking with Miz is very very is much more low key than what they've done before. But I think that's also just in line with WWE like not doing pyro anymore either. Just kind of like budgetary sort of cut stuff. Like even when they, there were no pyrotechnics back in the day, if you if you go back in time to like the early two thousands, every single thing, every, like the entrance would have had this giant sort of like flames. Well, there would have been flames and pops and fireworks kind of going off right there in front of you. That would have lasted for a while, about a good like fifteen twenty seconds, as it just went off to announce the show was starting, and then you'd have other wrestlers occasionally would come out to like pyrotechnics here as well, like. You know, like they would just like be on top of the stage and it would just be like, rawr, and then like pops would come up behind yeah. them. Or if you had like Kane coming out, he would have flames coming out of places. No, no, I will say when Bailey came out. Oh, yes. They had all the. Um, Inflatable arm tube men. Like, I, yeah, I, I think of them as noodle people. Yes. Um, that, that are, that you see in front of um, used car dealers <laughs> um, blowing in the wind. Um, yeah, the tall, the tall noodle people with the hair mm-hmm. standing on end. Um, they had bunches and bunches of those. That was the cutest damn thing. That, that's her bit here. Those are her Bailey buddies. Okay. Well, we can come to that as you work your way down the car. But, so, so is the interview thing a standard bit? Some not every show. It, it obviously they usually set it up for times in which they're setting other matches up or preparing to get to that next spot, uh, spot here. So okay, this is an example here. It was uh, Samoa Joe, who is the United States champion. It's kind of the mid card title. Like uh-huh. you, if you're this mid card title that you fight for, it's what they often call like the worst workhorse title. Okay. Um, the other example here is the uh, Intercontinental Championship. Basically, it's the one in which like you always wrestle for because it's got the because you're always re- you're always wrestling to get good matches to show that you can get into that world title scene. Like everybody yeah. who was on, everybody for example, with the exception I think of like Baron Corman and Sam in Sami Zayn. Like Seth Rollins spent a long time as United States Champion and spent some time as Intercontinental Champion. Kevin Owens has been like a two time has been like a two time United States Champion and like three time Intercontinental Champion. So like. Those titles, like, you fight for because they show, like, if you can do something, this is what you're going to be able to do sort of thing. Like, it's okay. a good sort of, like, all right, well, let's see what you got sort of thing. And in some cases here, it's a great way to kind of, like, build up people who are, like, who will fight more often for these titles. Because these titles won't necessarily change hands on regular television, usually at pay-per-views, but, like, they won't, but they'll change hands more frequently. 
Okay. So, because um, they're being obviously fought for more often. Um, but Samoa Joe recently just got the title back because he wasn't properly pinned by Rey Mysterio, so he got the title back, and so there was a bit of a disagreement with Samoa Joe and The Miz. And then other people started coming down saying, no, I should get the next United States Championship shot. So we had um, we had Braun Strowman come out, who also a big guy. He's yeah. like seven foot two. He used to be a he was used to be a, one of those guys. Um, and I can't for he, strong man. He used to be a strong man. Uh-huh. So he used to for a living was just like, okay, a thousand pounds. I'm gonna lift that. There was one of those guys here that would just do that. Um, He's slimmed down a little bit here, but I think that just makes him more agile and everything. But like, okay. he's a big guy. He often, he, at one point here, he was teamed up with Alexa Bliss, who's like all of like five foot two and maybe a hundred and twenty five. Well, we pounds. saw Alexa. Yeah, Alexa Bliss. Yeah, no, they were a tag. They were a tag team at one point. It, How does that work? She's going to tag in and 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 fight somebody who Samoa Joe is fighting. So. Uh, on the on the network, they had something called the Mixed Match Challenge, where it's like a guy and a girl kind of do an intergender tag team match. And basically, the notion is that when the guy tags in, you got to tag the other guy in. If a woman tags in, then it's two women, so you can't have the okay. guys fighting the girls. Because clearly, if it's Samoa Joe versus Alexa Bliss, like that's a very one sided match. Yeah. Um, but um, but they'll tag. But, I mean, that was the kind of point. Like, the women would tag the women in, and the guys would tag the guys in. Okay. So, um, so they did do that at one point. That It was a very cute sort of thing, because, like, Alexa Bliss is very much a... Um, she's a girly girl. She's a very, very girly girl, but she's also very much a manipulator sort of person. And, like, it was often one of these cases... So she's where, a heel. Yeah, she's very much a heel, but then Braun Strowman's kind of this in-between sort of position where, like, sometimes he's a bad guy and sometimes he's a good guy. And it was very much always this fun thing where it was like Alexa Bliss would get like insulted or something, and then Braun Strowman would come out and defend her honor, or in some cases here like they would like trade shirts like he would get her one of his, he would give her one of her give him he he, he would, would give, give her, her one of his shirts. shirts which is like this giant like four x five x shirt and she would give him she would give him his like her like a like a. X- X- XL sort of like Alexa Blister to watch him try to like put it on. Yeah. Like their stuff was very, very cute. It was very funny. It was very much kind of like got to show that Alexa Bliss could be funny and then Braun Strowman could very much be funny because okay. he's very funny. Okay. Uh, but he's a lot of fun. And then we also have, um, then we have Bobby Lashley who came down. This is the guy with the green eyes. Well, okay. So he didn't have green eyes this time, but. He didn't have green eyes when he was checking out of the hotel either. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, he's massive. Yes, he's like, like really, yeah. Like he was a couple feet away. Big guy. Yes, big, very big guy. Okay. Again, also like six foot five. Used to be in UFC, wrestled still, and was like doing that still at the same time. But like, yeah, no, he's huge. Um, yeah. And then we have. Ricochet who comes out, which is the smallest of almost all of those guys there on a certain I level. I got a picture of him flying and he looks so oh, cool. Oh, yeah, no. This is, a, this is a man that gravity was like, oh, yeah, that's him. I forgot about him. Let's go Let's go ahead and grab him as he flies. I got him flying feet first into... into, into oh, yeah. No, yeah. Just, it flipping, too. Oh, my goodness, the flips. Yeah. 
Um, and then the last guy who comes out is Cesaro. Um, let's notice the Swiss cyborg. Um, he doesn't even say anything. He just starts fighting with other people. Yeah. And they're all kind of in the ring, and then it's all that's left of the ring is kind of like the good guys here, which is Braun Strowman, The Miz, and Ricochet. And then we cut to commercial break, and then we're going to have a tag team match. They're just all just kind of just standing in the ring, just kind of waiting around while the stagehands clean up the chairs, clean up the carpet, and they're just kind of like, do, 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 do. Yeah, there's bye, obviously bye. no anger between them, and they're obviously getting, you know. They're just kind of just hanging out with hey, themselves almost. Yeah. Like, they're not quite breaking the illusion, but, like, very much kind of like, it's almost as if, like. Well, they're not palling around and patting each other on the shoulder. It's not like after a football game. No. But, 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 but they're hanging. And they're not going like the other guys. Is like, hey man, did you see that one episode of Bachelorette here this weekend? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, they're just kind of just hanging out, and and for all that animosity that they had beforehand, it suddenly just disappears during commercial break. Yeah. It was kind of neat though to watch them relax. Yeah. Just, I mean, that yeah. was the nice thing about the commercial breaks is you got to watch them sort of relax. And some again, some of them kind of came out before the commercial break happened, and then you just kind of yeah. had a. Got them to just kind of like hang out in the ring. Some of them talk to like the side, the stage hands, and or the ref the, or, or the cameramen in a lot of yeah. cases here. Because keep in mind, I mean, like the cameramen are the same cameramen every single show. The ring crews are often the same guys. The referees are the same guys. Like these guys are, are despite not actually being the performers of the show, very much are a part of the show, and they travel around with them probably about 200 days out of the year in a lot of cases you know if not more 250 even and so like you know the guy who sets with the ring all the time you know the guys who build the stage you know the guys who are the cameramen in a lot of cases here like they're you know in some cases they're your good friends so so this brings up a question i had because i was trying to figure this out and and they they all it the the Really, the action seems pretty spontaneous. Obviously, a lot of it's set up, but mm-hmm. but um, what people are going to do, it it doesn't seem choreographed, but it does seem planned. And so, I wondered if um, maybe they they set up maybe patterns of three moves that they do one after another, and and or or something like that, because it's it's. I won't say it's obvious that they know what's coming, but they obviously do know what's coming, mm-hmm. and and yet um, and yet it seems spontaneous enough that it isn't always the same thing, and it wasn't specifically choreographed for this event. And the only way I could imagine that happening was that there were sort of preset blocks. So um, every wrestler kind of ha- so behind the stage here is what the, is, there are producers. And these are usually longtime veterans of the of of the craft here. Like these, in a lot of cases, these are former wrestlers from like in our cases here, the early two thousands who are like no longer wrestle because they're in their fifties or their fifties okay. or their late fifties over the hill. And or they've injured themselves in a unique way that doesn't really allow them to wrestle anymore. Okay. Um, they've hurt their back or they've hurt their knee to such an extent here that they're not. They can't really wrestle anymore, but what they can do is they help tell they help the wrestlers decide the story of the match in a lot of cases. So like in a lot of cases here we saw Ricochet, for example, just being like just on his own, just getting beat up for a long period of time before he was able to tag in one of the other guys. Yeah. Um 
that's that's one of those things I was talking about earlier where they're like reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. Oh, they got pulled back in. Oh no, they just missed getting tagged. Oh, they no. just missed, just missed it. And the tension just builds from there. But yeah, they, so and in, especially with like tag team matches, there'll be one guy who produces the produ- who's the producer for it, who also kind of like helps the cameraman decide like what they're gonna kind of shoot. Like oh, when Ricochet goes up here, focus on Ricochet, obviously. Um, or, like, this is going to be kind of a highlight of this. They do plan the matches out to some extent. Now, Well, mo- for the cameraman, you would have to. Well, not necessarily. The cameramen are pretty good about getting direction in their ear. Like, all of them have little IF, IFBs yeah. in their ear that, let, yeah. that, that tell them, like, where to go, where to shoot at. Or, you know, oh, now you need to focus on this guy. Oh, found him. Now the camera, you know, now click onto his camera on there. Okay, yeah. So, But they're also pretty well trained at just following the action here as well from from various angles. Um, but they do plan out some of the mo- some of the bits that'll happen, especially the endings. They'll definitely plan out like, oh, this will happen and this will happen and this will happen to this guy here. And so there are there. So not everything's well choreographed at all, but everything is planned and staged. It's very much what again when I say like wrestling is wrestling is not fake. It's scripted. Okay. So they, so they do. So they. So again, like the fact that like. He got the Miz in, and the Miz did his finishing move, and then Ricochet did his finishing move, and Samoa Joe started to leave, and Braun Strowman started to follow him as he was leaving. It was like, all that was planned and scripted ahead of time to happen. It's just that them getting there sometimes is, they get a lot more leeway to do that, because again, I mean, they're used to fighting with sometimes these guys every week. Like, they didn't probably right. practice this match probably like twice on the road. And so... So the, okay, because I mean, like there was one point where I, Ricochet earned his name. He looked like a pinball. Yes. Popping back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. And um, and I want to say the wind up to that like run and land on somebody's chest. So run diagonally across like somebody's up against the pole mm-hmm. on the opposite in the, corner. In the corner. Yeah, and they run at them and plunge whatever body part. And we're all just kind of like whoa. Oh. Oh. And this is where the audience is like just, just sublime. Oh yeah, we're just hanging out there, just having a, having our own good time while we're there. Yeah, because because you literally do have people going, and the whole audience going whoa, because we all know what's coming. And then we have the Miz who was kicking people at one point here, and everyone was just chanting yes, 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 yes. yeah. Yeah, no. Again, I mean, like the audience is. The audience is not a spectator in this. The audience is very much a part of the show. They're a participant. Oh yeah, yeah and a character. Their own character in some cases too, and sometimes the sometimes the audience characters are are doing a bad job of acting. That's true too. It, you know, it, it like the thing where you were saying yes, 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 yes. That you're kicking a guy while he's down on the mat. Well, he's on his knees, and he's like, and that was the bit. That's yeah, that was the bit. And that's literally the move designed just to do that. Like Rey Mysterio's got a move where he's going to put somebody that kind of like hang, kind of like kneeling and hanging on the second rope, yeah. just kind of outside of it. He runs the opposite side, comes back, kind of holds on to the, two, the top two ropes, and swings his body around so he comes back around and kicks you in the face, and you leap backwards. Yeah, which is oh. really cool. And then he there were a number of those out of the ring kicks. People, oh yeah, people just literally slid. Mm-hmm. It was just all sorts of. Seth Rollins literally leaped through two ropes to get out to Seth. That was amazing. I'm like, did he just do? Okay, so let's talk about the the uh, aerobatics. 
this was this was um i kind of felt at times like um going to the circus well i mean not not just any circus a french circus i mean i mean we're, we're talking circus like, yeah and um with some some of the the aerials and the acrobatics obviously the women i thought all had gymnastics training mm -hmm. um they were there were backflips and and all sorts of of things that were beyond um what i would think somebody who did martial arts or something else would do yeah. not to say that those aren't aren't tremendous Disciplines, yes. yeah but um uh, but there were women flipping off of ropes um but the guys could do it too. And I think it's one thing to, to think of a, a woman who might weigh 150 tops. I think Becky Lynch is, is got maybe a lot of muscle on her. Yeah. Maybe 140, yeah. 160 pounds. Yeah, there, she had a lot of muscle on her. Um, but uh, it's another thing for a 225 pound guy to to go flying flying through the air and do a backflip and they'll they'll do these things where they leap off and they land on their stomach oh yeah like oh like flipping backwards or flipping even forwards and landing after a full rotation oh. becky lynch five foot six 135 pounds okay she's lying about her weight but <laughs> but lots of women do B build build as being 135 pounds, pounds yeah because uh, she's and 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 nothing on her jiggles. I'm not talking about that. I'm just oh, saying she's muscle. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's mu mostly muscle there. Yeah, I mean all all everybody. Oh yeah, really all of them. And again, I mean like with kind of some exceptions here. Like Samoa Joe is obviously a very big guy. Yeah. But he moves around the ring. Laura's like, a big like, guy too. Like, well, I mean like big guys and like Samoa Joe is a kind of a heavy. Looks a very heavy. Heavy, set. yeah. Kevin Owens much kind of the same way. He looks kind of a little bit set. of a paunch looking. But they move around the ring like a gazelle. The agility, especially, yeah. Especially Samoa Joe again, because he's again like a he's a very big Samoan guy. To watch him run around is somewhat just like amazing because he does all the he does all the normal stuff that all the other wrestlers do. They get he gets flipped, he gets spun, he does his own stuff like that. But like, you wouldn't think a big guy like that would be able to move around like that either. Well, the, and the matches aren't short. No, and sometimes they are. So, sometimes they are. But sometimes they are, but for the most part, like again, like we got, we got real treatment because we watched that 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 three on three tag team match here. That guy had to be like fifteen, almost twenty minutes. Yeah, it felt it felt really long, but even well, though we kind of we were the, actually the, you know the action for us was four hours, mm -hmm. and and yet it didn't seem like that at all. No, it didn't. Everything moved rather at a very quick pace. It seemed much quicker than Endgame. Oh yeah. So there, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, so yeah, we got a, we got a nice fun three way match here where we got to see people doing like a lot of their cool moves that they did. Um, I think it was uh, either Ricochet or The Miz got into a nice long Cesaro spin, just spinning him around Round the and ring. around. And how how come he wasn't staggering at the end of that? He kind of closes his eyes midway through, so he doesn't, you know, because he's spinning like a ballerina. While 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 whirling this guy in his arms. Is well, sometimes the guys hold their necks in like this. Sometimes they let their arms flail. Like it differs. Everyone. It's like watching ice skating. 
Like, watch your pair skating. He must have got around at least a good, like, 25, 30 times on those, which is yeah, no, a it, long time to spend. I think I told you at the time, it's like watching ice dancing. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they weren't slow either. It was a pretty good spin. And how both of those guys were then not um, staggering. Cesaro staggered a little, but then he kind of planted himself. I, I imagine it's one of those things that you don't do it unless... You, you know, unless yeah. you know, here at the end of the day, that's yeah. one of those things where you just don't get dizzy that easy. Like, it always boggles my mind how figure skaters can just kind of like do that one little spin and then like come out of it and not be like in a position where you're like, okay. like staggering on the ice, like tripping over yourself. Oh, I know, and skates. then and and then to go on to do something else very steadily, yeah, or just to jump in midair and spin like that just seems like. And then be able to land it. And not only be able to land it, but still realize where you are. Yeah. Practice. Practice. Uh, all right, so the next match we wa- we got to see was we got to see uh, Lacey Evans and Alexa Bliss versus the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, and hometown hero, or built from San Jose, SmackDown Champion, Bailey. Okay, so that was so much fun. Um, so this is another one of those situations where... There's such a sharp contrast because both Becky Lynch and and Bailey are um, very athletic, dress in an athletic style. There's mm-hmm. no spangles on uh, Bailey. You you said sometimes she does. But she got, she's she's got like a little bit of like little bits that are kind of hanging off here, like little like little strips here, like kind of like tassels almost. Kind of a little bit happening. Not this time though. Hers hers was. It's very athletic. But it's got like kind of a halter top, top kind of thing going on as yeah, well. Yeah, but you can see that at the gym. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. really, what she was wearing, you could see at the Y. Oh yeah, no, yeah, again, a lot of. I mean, it was like a, were, like a like a athletic bra top and yeah. and a pair of, of uh, yoga capris. Yeah, yeah. And they're all color coordinated here. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Alexa Bliss, who's got. I, I imagine you could see that at the gym, but like, it would definitely stand out because it's got like leather straps and very very short shorts. It was pretty sexy. Oh yeah, no, again, intentionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, for a person like all of like maybe like five foot two and a hundred and twenty five pounds, maybe like yeah, you got to find a way to notice her. Yeah. Well, y- you know, and and uh, our Southern Belle as well. Yeah, our Southern Belle was not in anything that anybody would normally wear to the gym. She had a little skirt. She well, dropped the skirt. skirt. Yeah. She got a skirt and then she ripped she it off to kind of these high waisted sort of like, um, I guess bottoms here with like this white top on top of it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was very so, much a DZ Duke sort of look. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they had a they had their own tag team match here, and oddly enough, the good guys lost. The, the, the good baby guys faces lost. lost. You well, okay. So, I I thought I could kind of tell who was going to win and lose. It, I thought it was kind of telegraphed. They can be sometimes, not all the time, but they can be. If only just because. Um, Lots of smack talk. They, they telegraph who they think, who they believe is going to win, and so if they don't win, then it's a surprise. And then you were kind of excited to see, oh, well, I didn't, wasn't expecting that. And I kind, of, and again, you got, you went into this kind of thinking that like, oh, Becky Lynch and Bailey were going to be the ones to win. Yeah. They were, they were my. You're not going to let the first of all, you're not going to let the hometown girl lose. Ideally, no. And and again, she had that wonderful entrance with all the Bailey buddies. Yes, they are. They are currently known. They are known as her Bailey buddies. They're pretty cute. Um, and she seems so wholesome. Where where Becky Lynch is kind of a tough chick, uh, Bailey's really wholesome and 
kind of the girl you'd want your daughter to grow up to be if she was going to grow up to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's very much there, and I think I think she almost kind of re- realizes too that she's there to tap into the kind of like the six or seven year old to like early kind of teenager sort of girls at the end of the well, day. Well, and and actually both you know um, she enters again later. Um, and both her entrances and exits, you saw her doing selfies with anybody who was a little girl um, who was uh, on the uh, inside portion of the ring. So that goes back to when she was in NXT, because she was an NXT darling, I guess is the best way to put it here. Okay. Um, she was, a, I think, the women's champion for like a good, like, almost a year at one point here, like at least 200 plus days. Yeah. Um, but like... When she was there, you would have frequent, because it's all taped in one place in Florida, uh, uh-huh. it, uh, you would have repeat people come all the time to NXT tapings. Okay. And so she had, like, this little girl that was always there that she would always kind of, like, interact with. But all the, but she always interacts with, like, everybody. There's some wrestlers that are, like, when you're the good guy, you interact with the crowd because yeah. you, the crowd's on your side. You, you're super nice with them, and you're super friendly with them. I, I, I thought all the guys were pretty friendly. Yeah. Slapping hands and stuff. Yeah, so you get, like, all the good guys, but then the bad guys don't interact with the crowd. They very much kind of, you know, poo-poo the crowd and ignore them or just kind of, like, you know, wave them off and dismissive of them. Yeah. Um, but Bailey was very much the person here who was, like, very much interacting with the crowd, having a good time with them. Yeah. Um, very much the ideal sort of, like, oh, this is this is our champion. This is the This is the person that, you know... This is the fun one. This is the one we like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then you've got clearly like Alexa Bliss is the bad guy and Lacey Evans is the bad guy. Again, the fact that they lost was um, a bit surprising. Because the, 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 the two sort of athletic chicks got beat by the two sort of prim and... Prim and, and proper kind of like wrestling yeah. types. Yeah. yeah. With a little the, bit the of... sexy chicks. Well, a little bit of chicanery. Oh, wow. Alexa Bliss... Uh, Five foot one, build at a hundred and two pounds. Oof. She's teeny tiny. Tiny little person, definitely. Um, Okay, so then we move on to kind of a very, um, I don't know if, and this one is a little odd because like this is the women's tag team championship. It was the Iconics who are the current champions. These are two ladies from um, Australia, kind of what you would call the Gold Gold Coast. Was kind of like a I'm trying to find a good analogy for that. It's kind of like the, I can maybe kind of like from Miami, I guess maybe the best okay. deal, or kind of like Hawaii, okay. like or, or uh, Hollywood, very, very kind of like you know like prim and proper, but very kind of like glamour puss kind of as well. If that makes yeah, any sense, I got it. Okay. Um, very shrill and annoying, like is the way I would describe them initially. Yeah. Um, but they are the current tag team champions for the women. And they came out there and they fought the they fought two locals okay. and trounced them. Um, but kind of the only reason they're doing that is because they really don't have anything planned for them right now. So it's just getting them into the act. Well, it's kind of reminding them that these women's tag team championships exist. Um, for WrestleMania here again, this is one of the matches you saw here was that yeah. it was actually. Bailey and Sasha Banks, who were the former and the inaugural uh, women's tag team champions. 
um, which actually kind of mixes in kind of well because, um, so, so Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Bailey, and Sasha Banks are collectively they they call themselves the Four Horsewomen, which is an old wrestling term for the Four Horsemen, which would have been like Ric Flair. Um, and a couple other guys here that used to be very popular back in the seventies right. and eighties, and so now, so Charlotte Flair is the inaugural women's new women's champion. They eventually got rebranded as the Raw Women's Champion. Okay. Becky Lynch is the inaugural SmackDown Women's Champion, and then and now Bailey and Sasha Banks are the inaugural. Ta- women's tag, tag team, team champions. And these are the four kind of top women in wrestling for the WWE for the most part. Okay. Um, so they're all kind of inaugural champions in their own rights. Okay. So, which is certainly, for me, kind of an interesting parallel, at least. Um, but the Iconics basically just kind of trounce through their local competitors. Um, there's not really anything for them to do right now because they don't have any sort of storyline set up for them at all. Well, and the, the fans haven't embraced them yet. Well, I don't think the I don't know if the intent is for the fans to embrace them because, on a certain level, we like what they're doing because the fans and and this is just from my perspective, we like the iconics because they're kind of dumb and stupid fun. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, here we're not supposed to like them at all. They, well, the, okay. The, so to me, they were very campy. Very campy, yes. Campy would be the ex, be the optimum optimal word for them. But they reminded me of Jim and the Holographics. Yeah, yep, yeah, definitely. I can definitely see that. Um, but they're not. But again, like the way WWE, WWE presents them is that we're not supposed to like them. Right. They're supposed to be shrill. They're supposed to be annoying. We're not supposed to like get behind them at all. You can see them both as drag queens too, by the way. Oh, very much. Yeah. yeah. But. We are behind them. We like the, we like these characters. And yeah, you need characters. Yeah, and it it would behoove the WWE, from my point of view, that they lean into what the fans kind of like and want, mm-hmm. or do a better job of making them seem like the bad guys. Oh, go one way or another with. Yeah, them. pretty okay. much. Like, yeah, either if either the fans really like them, and so like, okay, well, let's them let's let them be heroic on a certain level. Well, we'll turn them. Yeah, I mean, they can still be kind of like, they can still be good guys, but still be kind of like goofy kind of good guys. That's not uncommon. Um, but, like, if we're not supposed to like them here, like, because they're shrill and annoying, which is not quite the way I would have women portrayed here, because I don't want them to be, come off as being shrill and annoying because, like... It kind of plays into stereotypes. Precisely, yeah. it plays And it plays into some unfortunate negative stereotypes that... WWE, for the most part, has done a fairly good job of trying to distance themselves from. Yeah. Like, if you notice, especially, like, all the women have, like, are very much portrayed as being, like, good people at the end of the day. Like, they don't have any... If they do have negative qualities to them, it's enhancing their character and not necessarily demoting them. Like, again, like, Lacey Evans being, like, this kind of prissy sort of, like, Southern Belle sort of thing, that's an element of her character. But she's not evil. No, I mean, like, this is another person you would see, but, I mean, like, it's not feeding into a negative stereotype. Yeah. You know, um, but other, but the Iconics right now, I think, are feeding into that, but that's just my point of view, I think. No, I think you're right. Um, uh, the next one we get, we get a fun match here. This is the three-way tag team match between the Revival, uh, the current champions, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, and the Usos for the 
Raw Tag Team Championships. Oh, my favorite match of the night. Yeah, so the so again, like it's what's interesting about a three way match here is that usually it's only two people in the ring, and so you had to basically kind of like if if you were going to get in, you had to tag your other another team in and kind of get that other guy out. Yeah. So uh, very somewhat chaotic, but they were moving around quite a bit. This was a lot of fun. There was yeah, there was. I'm back to my my uh, my pinball analogy. Um, lots of flight, um, and 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 I mean that's again where it amazes me. These were um, big guys. They're six. Pretty. Everyone's at least six foot two, six foot three, if not taller. And weighing. At least two hundred fifty to like three hundred pounds. Okay, so so these are really really big guys. And they are so agile, and they're climbing on top of stuff and climbing in and out of that ring. The ease with which they go in and out of that ring, because half the battle is out, half of any of these battles is outside of the is ring. Is outside the ring, um, which which I hadn't really appreciated how much took place outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're sliding in and out and, and climbing up and over and up and down the little stairs that are in the corner. Um, but but mostly just sort of leap it up. Yep. Um, that ring constantly the agility I and mean, just the the sheer athleticism. And the ring's at least a good like two and a half uh, two and a half to three feet above uh, the ground. I would and say so, it's 30, 30 inches. Yeah. Yeah. And so like they are leaping up onto that as if just like oh time to get back into position. Okay, jump up. Yeah. Like, and they're not like having to like oh lift myself up unless it's like. Well, if you can imagine doing step-ups in the gym, mm-hmm. when you do step-ups in the gym on a one-foot platform, um, or, 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 you know, let's say you could do step-ups in the gym in an 18-inch platform, you're talking about almost double that mm-hmm. and, and stepping up and not being winded. That, I mean, here's the other thing. The matches aren't, even the shorter matches aren't necessarily that short. Nope. And these guys are going pretty full steam during that time period. The the endurance as well, I was impressed with. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, again, it's one of those... Uh, there is a little bit of a misnomer to that, but the only thing to that I will say that, like, when they have holds in the middle of the ring... And and they're just hanging. They're, yeah. they're kind of just hanging. They're just hanging. They're just kind of catching their breath in some cases. Yeah. Sometimes they're even, like... Shooting star, though, that seems like a pretty good stretch. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's just... Uh, um, Sometimes they're actually even talking about what they're going to do next. Yeah. So, like, sometimes that does happen. But, um, but no, yeah, no, again, these wrestlers are, especially the ones who are going to go longer and harder, or they're going to be, like, the top stars. Like, you might have a 35, 40-minute match on pay-per-view. You wow. can't get winded in the middle of that match. I mean, like, you're going to have to keep going. And even then, I mean, like, you're still, it's, it's the analogy I try to explain. It's like try running a marathon and fighting off the people behind you trying to catch up to you. Yeah. Like it's, it's the most, in, in, you know, like I, it's the most inept analogy you can probably get to here, but it's not, it's not, and it's not even close, but like, again, it's like running cross country here up a hill, but then trying to like beat back everybody else who's getting near you. And they're trying to fight you at the same time to get ahead of well, you as well. And at the same time, it isn't like, like you know, I've, I've done triathlons and I do the bike rides. And and I've, I've run half marathons as well. But mm-hmm. there you're doing one discipline and you're not having to think about what you're doing. 
um, well, you, you are you, you are to... repeating the same action over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're having to choreograph in your mind what your next move is. You're doing you're you're pedaling a bike. These guys are are not only doing the 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 cardio as if you will. Yeah. Um, the cardio action. They're having to think about what they're doing next, and they're having they're having to think about it pretty carefully to keep themselves from getting hurt. Because if they do it wrong, if you land wrong, like I, I watched one of them backflip and, and again land on their stomach. If you do that wrong and you, you go just an extra 90, and actually even just like 30 degrees here, especially as you're supposed to land on your stomach here, now you're landing on your head and your head is going to take the majority of that, which is going to go translate to your neck. And that could very much be the last thing you saw. Well, and you're flying into people, um, mm -hmm. and people are flying into you. And so it, it, I mean, it occurs to me that, that while you're doing all this cardio and really a, a pretty hard workout, you're also having to very carefully think about what you're doing next mm -hmm. and preparing and getting yourself in the right position to do whatever that is safely. Oh, yes, very much so. <clears throat> this is very much a, again, like... Again, this is why I don't... Again, wrestling is very much fake. Again, like, you, you saw... And even from... <coughs> excuse me. Even from being about, like, 150 to 100 feet away, you can very much see what they're doing is not actually having an actual impact they're, on them. Yeah, they're not actually hitting. They're not actually hitting each other, but, you know, but... Although that chair looked pretty real. Oh, that, that was. But That's again, coming up. Yeah, but... But at the same time here, like, they may not, again, it might be scripted, it might be fake, but it's not any less real. Yeah. And this is one of those misnomers that everyone thinks about wrestling. Oh, it's fake, this and this, but, like, it's no. Not, that doesn't make it easy. No, and even, and I think actually even, even more so because it's fake is that it's actually more difficult. Yeah. Because now you've got to remember that, like, if you're a boxer, you're boxing for one, you're training for the next six months for one match. Yeah. Wrestlers, <coughs> excuse me, are literally training to do this five times a week in some cases. Yeah. Oh, you'd have to be. And they get they do it the one show, but then they go and do like smaller shows throughout the country here, and and sometimes in the same local area, which makes it nice for them. But sometimes you might be you might be at the pay per view event on Sunday. You get out of that event like 11 o'clock at night. You might get out of that event here at like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. Now you've got to drive, you know, 250 to 300 miles to the next event happening for the next night. Yeah. And you've got to get there as soon as you can because you got to be at the arena here at like 9 to 10 o'clock to prepare for the next show that you're going to do because, especially if you're one of those guys that's going to have to talk on the show, like you got to figure out what you're going to say you got to figure out what the storylines are going to be for there like yeah like you're moving on to the very next thing you're not really getting a whole lot of like downtime here at all so you might get four and a half hours of sleep never mind the fact that somewhere in between there you've got to lift some weights and train your body so you might yeah. have to go to the gym for an hour just to get you get your cardio in get your get some weight lifting in to keep that physique i mean like this is not an easy 
Um, and never mind the fact that if you're one of the big top guys, you might want to go. You might have a. You might have to go onto the radio year to promote the event happening here tonight. You know, or you might go onto like a local local TV station to like do an interview there or do the weather on there or something. Yeah. You might only be there for like 15 minutes, but that doesn't mean you don't have to be there a half hour beforehand to do the makeup and get prepared and mic'd and prepared for what you're going to do. Yeah. No, all good points. Yeah. So, um, so one thing that was happening kind of throughout the show here was there were people trapped in an elevator. What was that? So that obviously was pre, 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 pre taped. Yeah. 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 So, um, six of them. There's about a good six of them, yeah, in there. Um, so WWE has introduced this title called the 24-7 title. The notion being is that you can be pinned for the title so long as you have a ref anywhere at all. So the champion could literally change about a dozen times in a show or just over the course of a week. Okay. So, like, again, like, I could win the championship if I have in a ref. The guy's asleep in bed. All I have to do is put my hand on him. With his shoulders to the ground, with his shoulders to the bed, you know, the referee wake just, him up. Don't wake him up. Referee's just gonna tap one, two, three, and I'm the new champion. Never had to wrestle the guy at all. Um, this goes back in time to when we had the hardcore championship, which was a a title in which you attacked people with steel chairs and trash cans and two by fours tables. and tables. Yeah, like. We didn't have any tables. No, not thankfully no tables. Um, but like this, this was a rule that was implemented during that time to give more levity to the title because um, it was very much seen as this kind of like very dangerous sort of title to fight for. Yeah. But if you could win it without having to ever have to actually like do the hardcore stuff, then you could get a lot more safer in there and people wouldn't get hurt nearly as often. Okay. So this is the title to kind of like do that again almost to kind of, but if you notice here, like none of these guys ever appeared on the show at all. So this is all recorded stuff here. It was recorded in San Jose though. That was the actual elevator yep. for, for oh, yeah, the no, arena. Yeah. These guys, these guys were actually there, um, but they didn't have to. None of them were, were in the, in the ring. No, none of them were in the ring, which is unfortunate because I do kind of like Bobby Roode and I think he should, he could do a lot more than going for this title. Okay. Um, but hey, now you got a lot of other wrestlers that you can still have on TV and remind people that they still exist. Okay. Even if they're just in the background doing other weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but this just happened throughout the night here. Like they got first they got trapped in the elevator, and then we would see this like two minute sort of thing of them in the elevator like periodically, and then they got yeah. out of the, the elevator, elevator somehow, and then they got back, back into in the, the elevator. elevator, and then like disappeared. It was like no, they left. Oh. Yeah. It, it's. It was le- it was a gag. Very much a gag, yes. Yeah. So, um, we got to see the ring change again. We got to see a celebration in the middle of the ring. Yes. So, uh, on Friday night, they had this event in Saudi Saudi Arabia. Which they showed clips of several times. Yes. But um, the nice thing about it is that almost none of the events that happened from Saudi Saudi Arabia actually ever changed anything for the actual main show. It was very much more just like a exhibition, if you will, is the best way to put it here. Struck me as sort of B-roll. Very much. Saudi Arabia doesn't think so, but Saudi Arabia is also trying to give, trying to get a better impression of themselves, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was happening over there. 
Okay. Um, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre had beat up Roman Reigns to keep this, like, best-in-the-world championship for Shane McMahon, which he clearly doesn't actually deserve, but he's a yeah. bad guy, so that's okay if he's if he's got this title. Um, but no, yeah, they got to the ring, and it's a very much a um, well-set-up. They've got a carpet, they've got tables, they've got balloons, like... Like, you wouldn't think this was actually ever a wrestling ring if simply the fact that, like, it wasn't covered by ropes. Yeah. It, was, it just it looks was, like a stage. Yeah, exactly. So, um, there was that. That actually happened before the tag team championship match, which, again, the Revival won, which the guys, yeah. I want to have the titles. Yeah. Because they're, they're... Old school. Old school wrestlers. They're very They look much, like somebody you could have seen during the 60s. The, that's, the, that's the intent. Like, yeah. The, no flips, just fists is their yeah. is their motto. Like they're just yeah. they're just good wrestlers, old school wrestlers, and in the in very much the vein of like a 60s, 70s style wrestlers. That's their bit. Okay. Um, um, then we also get Paul Heyman who comes out, who was just a masterful technician on the mic, just a great talker. Um, he's touting out so. Um, there's a competition called Money in the Bank, which if you climb the ladder, you get this briefcase. You're entitled to a to a to a world championship match at any time you want. Right. So the intent is that like if you is that you cash in your Money in the Bank contract when the other wrestler has is like dead tired from wrestling a long 35 40 minute long match. Mm-hmm. With the intent that, like, oh, they're super tired, they're not going to be able to put up a fight against me, who's well rested here. So yeah, I'll be able fresh. to eke out this victory from this guy and take the championship from them. A lot of great champions have done this here. From Seth Rollins at one point did that to Brock Lesnar in San Jose. Okay. That's where he won his first world championship. Um, you have uh, most famously, uh, you have Edge, who was the first guy to ever cash in his money in the bank contract you have uh dean ambrose and basically everybody who's ever gotten that contract has eventually gotten the title right very rare, the whole, whole purpose of it very rarely is it that um that you get this contract and not get the title okay out of it um so after so paul Heyman's basically talking with the notion here that like maybe brock lesnar's here maybe he's not maybe. i don't mean to imply but I'm not saying he isn't. Yeah, very much is very much trying to keep everybody on their toes. But Brock Lesnar's also like in a meta context is a guy who we see probably about every like once a month. Okay. Because like I, I, the, I don't understand why the WWE just loves to pay this guy and not have him be on the road. He was well, the, that may be the terms of, of, of and and that's of, his contract. It's yeah. literally his contract that he only shows up for like the big pay per view events. And he always wins. He actually held on to the Universal Championship for what seemed like almost two years and, like, was barely on television ever to defend it. So the fact that we now have it on television more frequently now with uh-huh. Seth Rollins as a champion is very much from a crowd sort of reaction and from a fan sort of thing. It's like, thank you. We have the MacGuffin back on TV to do it again, to, to have it be important again. So, so let's go back to, to um, the guy who was acting as his agent. Yes, Mr. Paul Heyman. And he was very um, 
you know, looking like a lawyer dressed in a suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, very much a character. Oh, yes. And, um, and yeah, very slick sort of um, balding, um, stereo, st- very much playing very much a stereotype. Yes. But but very um, articulate, very articulate. But also, I thought really um, a bad guy. Like like we all hate lawyers. Yeah. So, at one point, I think he even mentions calling himself a Jew. At one point, he does, which is which is in, intentionally meant to invoke a negative stereotype and yeah. and, and thought impression yeah. in people's heads. But yeah, you know. But then again, that's that's his job. At the end of the day, he's he's known for being this bad guy who will do the bad the bad guy stuff here and promote the bad guy at the end of the day which is Brock yeah. Lesnar yeah so so that, I thought that was interesting because he was so again campy very campy but at the same time just very much like the menacing but wouldn't he be but wouldn't he be the greatest sort of you know promoter ever if he if he could get to a boxing match that's true yeah and he has done that for Brock Lesnar in a lot of cases like Brock Lesnar almost famously doesn't even go to his own actual contract negotiations. Paul Heyman actually helps him with that because he just does not want to do it. You got to remember that Brock Lesnar was only in wrestling for about two years, from basically the early two thousands until about two thousand four, and or two thousand four, two thousand five, very short time, and then he left to go do. He left it because he didn't like traveling all the time. Yeah. Um, which you can kind of understand on a certain level. He didn't like traveling. He had family. You yeah. know, well, he, he didn't have a family at that point, but he just didn't like traveling everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he came back in t- the late, the early 2010s. I want to say it's wow. 2012 or 2013, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, and basically he's been back on not necessarily what we would call like a part-time sort of thing, but like he shows up for like the big pay-per-view events. So like, WrestleMania, um, Survivor Series, the Royal Rumble. Well, I mean, uh, sometimes less is more. Yeah, but when he's got the championship, like, it was always kind of an It's very much annoyance because, like, that's what everyone's normally fighting for. Right. And if you're not fighting for that here, then it kind of loses all of its, you know, yeah. prestige at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, somebody, if you never see it on TV and it's never being, and it's only ever being fought for and it's always being won, and, the guy that always gets it, holds on to it, like, wins all of his matches and, like... Yeah. Because, again, even when we saw the WrestleMania match, that match wasn't more than maybe five minutes long, right? Well, plus, plus, you, you've got other people who don't always ha- want to have to lose. No. Yeah. Other people don't want to lose either. I mean, like, if you do lose all the time, you lose a lot of your agency to say, like, well, if you lose all the time, what use are you? Yeah. So. Um, but then we saw something that was very weird. <clears throat> and this is the Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> to say to say that was like the the most evilest version of Pee Wee Herman would be an understatement. Well, okay, so so for a while Saturday Night Live used to have some weird cartoon in the middle of Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of that. Oh yeah. It's like, what part of this doesn't belong? <laughs> Most, almost all of that year. Yeah, it had like no context with anything else. So like if you had been watching the episodes kind of, if you've been watching previous Raw episodes, there's one every kind of episode that kind of comes up here. So Bray Wyatt is a, Bray Wyatt is a 
bad guy wrestler. He's kind of got like this supernatural sort of thing where like the lights go low. So when his, his entrance here is the lights all go dark. He's got this very kind of slow, methodical music and he actually comes to the ring with a lantern. So he, wa so he walks through the ring with this lantern on with all the lights on dark. What the crowd does is they turn on their cell phones and their lights on the cell phones and they just wave it around. So they're like fireflies is he's walking through like a swamp almost through the darkness. That's why his fans that's are known as, his, that's why his fans are known as his fireflies. Okay. He actually used to have like a, his own little stable. He used to be the Bray, Bray Wyatt family where he used to have other wrestlers that would, that would come down with him and protect him and fight with him and stuff. But, um, it's very much one of these kind of, it's, it's one of those things like where if you get to kind of participate in this sort of, entrance here that's just like oh my goodness this is so much fun look how everybody in the audience is waving around their cell phones just ever yeah. so slightly like you're at a concert and like this slow music is playing and then he walks down to the ring and then he blows out the his lantern and the light house lights just come right back on and then and then he walks right into the ring like nothing ever happened at all it's a very cool entrance to see he's They've not done a good job with his character at all, so they're trying something very different here, obviously. Okay. Um, it's a little hit or miss. This is very weird. It's very weird, though. But it's kind of fun on a certain level, too. Like, it's... The, the bizarreness of it is its own... Is its own reward and spectacle, I guess, is maybe okay. the way to phrase it. Um, but no, he's very much of this notion here, like, an evil Pee Wee Herman. Okay. So... So that was the context for it. Yeah. If you're new to this, that made no sense. Oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. Like, I saw it the first time, it was just like, WTF? Yeah. Hard WWTF. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it makes no sense with, with context, and sometimes it makes no sense even without the context. Okay. So, so, like, don't... Don't look too much into that at all. Well, and they teased it earlier in the evening, too. Oh, yeah, and then when they teased it, you notice how the crowd was just super excited for it. Yeah. And Don't even get after, it. and they were just, and and it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, it, it threw me for a loop. So, and then we have our, the show's main event. We have Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. It was uh, uh, highlighted at the very beginning of the of the show, and then yeah. but as a special outside referee Beast Slayer. So, originally he was known as the King Slayer because he beat Triple H, who was known as the King of Kings. Okay. Now that he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, now he calls himself the Beast Slayer. Uh, another guy in which, like, fan interaction when as he's coming down to the ring. Well, I mean, yeah, because you had the whole fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people singing the... The theme song to it. And at yeah. one point here, they scream out, burn it down. down. Burn it down. Yeah, which is, the, which is again, like, he, he made a point of saying, like, I'll burn down everything to beat Triple H. And so he just yeah. kind of kept that going. Okay. So, uh, also, one thing I wanted to note here, everyone's music, custom made for them. Obviously. Yeah. They, they have, literally have a guy that, they literally have a, they used to have just a guy that would just make wrestling entrance theme songs. Now they've got, like, another group of people that do it here as well. But, uh, but again, every single wrestler's entrance music, custom made for them. So if you're off writing, writing commercial jingles, you, there's a future for you in... There's the potential future for yeah. you in, in wrestling entrance music if you're yeah. if you're good if you're good with that. Okay. Um, we'll let Charlie Harper know. I will let Charlie Harper know. Pop would be happy. Yeah. 
Um, so he's fighting Kevin Owens and his buddy Sami Zayn, who is a outside referee. So he's supposed to be on the outside, making sure that nothing happens to the wrestlers at all on the outside. Well, a lot of the action's outside the ring. Some some of it is, yes. So it, on a certain contextual level, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, this is one of those matches with just Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. This would be a great match in and of itself at all. But but but, but the die has been cast because you've got this out slightly uh, outside yeah. interference. It's just kind of Who, like who's very biased. Oh yeah, very very biased. And yeah. but like this kind of a. Uh, Neely kind of mouth, kind of like, you know, wormy kind of guy. Yeah. But that's his buddy. Yeah. So and you, you, you help your buddy out. Yeah. So um, so they have this very fun match, I think. And again, like this is the famous spot where he leaps through the ropes at, yeah. you know, kicks through the ropes down onto Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at the same time. Uh, and they're just running around. It's It's a lot. It's a very fun, long match, but it's still very fun. Well, and again, a lot of it's outside the ring, mm -hmm. um, which means it's moving all over the place. Um, I really admire the camera people who are blithely moving around without and getting in without the way. Without ever getting in the way, yeah. No, they're like, they're in the right, they just happen to be in the right position to catch the action, but never in the way of the action. Well, and, and, and they're not transparent. No. But you're not really aware they're there either. No, not the, not the case, they do a very good job of not being there at all yeah like the, even when the camera is like shooting at an angle from like two different angles that would you would see them yeah you normally don't even see them at all like they're well, not I mean, you saw invisible. them moving around yes you saw them moving around but um which is why i was asking earlier about whether or not things were sort of choreographed in blocks yes because the cameraman would have to kind of know where to be at where to be yeah. yeah um but i i was impressed Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Fun match here. Sami Zayn just being, you know, this very chicken chicken shit heels, what they're known as. Okay. Um, Apt term. Getting in the way of, the, of kind of stopping this match midway through here. Whenever. Whenever, whenever yeah. Kevin Owens was going to get, like, hurt or, like, big yeah. moves were going to happen on him. Like, at one point here, Seth Rollins gets, like, the top ropes, and Sami Zayn kind of gets into the ring and was like, no, no. And Seth Rollins is like, dude. Yeah. Stop. And that's where the exaggerated facial expressions really, really come. come into play. Oh, yeah. And the again, exasperation like, or the pain or the anger or dude. fear. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. A lot yeah. of that just comes in really right there because it's all in, like, the appearance of how it, how it looks. And again, yeah. like, and again, like the mic, ha the ring has some mics in it, so you can't kind of hear what's going on in the ring. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, like us in the audience won't ever hear that at all unless yeah. they're screaming, unless they're shouting back out to us. And Kevin Owens is kind of like getting up to the ropes, like, "How do you like me now, San Jose?" And we're all like, "Ooh!" Yeah. Like, but like outside of that, like we're not going to hear what they're saying inside the ring here at all. So their face is going to tell the the bulk yeah. of that story here. Yeah. So, um, Kit, Seth Rollins loses by disqualification, but like it's not like he had anything to lose, anything here, yeah, at all. Um, thanks to Sami Zayn basically calling for disqualification. Right. Uh, but then. Because they counted him out the, out of the ring too long. Uh, no, it's, um, oh, okay. initially it was because, uh, Seth Rollins had accidentally bumped into Sami Zayn and you're not supposed to 
bump in or touch the ref at all. That's instant disqualification. Most refs are kind of like, hey, it was accidental. It was accidental. Like, that kind of stuff does happen. Sometimes we are in the way. Yeah. But, like, if it's... in, but like if it's even like intentional like yeah then you will they'll give you like a warning or like no you're disqualified right then and there depending on yeah. how brutal the action is like the refs are mostly are supposed to be neutral elements here Sami Zayn was not a neutral element right uh, so then yeah no, then Baron Corbin comes down with a chair afterwards to try to exact revenge against you know Seth, Seth Rollins Seth Rollins beats him back and grabs a chair and then just goes to town on Sami him. Zayn. Yeah. yeah. Womp, 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 womp. Now, one of the things you have to kind of notice here is that even though he's got like a full hard swing, he's actually slowing down as he gets to his back. back yeah. And he's aiming for as wide part of the chair as much of his back as possible. Because again, I mean, like as much as you can, a chair shot still hurts. Well, okay. So, so, and if you but notice, we never saw it set up as a chair. And I no. kind of wondered if it really was. A metal chair if it was something that was f- not foam but some sort of there was a foam padding on it yes. yeah because most most chairs if you're gonna say i mean most chairs if folding chairs back in the day wouldn't have had the foam on it it would have been kind of a luxury to have a foam bottom on it like a like a folding office chair almost like yeah. you would have the foam bottom on it the wwe though now like because of concussions and injuries and stuff like that like you don't get a lot of chair shots anymore. Back in the day, there used to be a little... No, no tables. Tables are becoming far less frequent as well. Yeah. So, but and again, it's all an intent to keep the wrestlers healthy because if they're healthy, they're not out for long periods of time. Right. They're not working through injuries. They're not taking medication for that. So they yeah. just leave a be- they lead a better life, as it were. It might be a lot as interesting, but like they lead that a better... It's pretty interesting. But still very interesting, but they lead a... You know, but like... Always enter- introducing a prop is always kind of fun. Yeah. You know? um, but that chair has some padding on the back side, uh, on the underside of it, because it's meant to be like a chair from the audience. Yeah. And the audience chairs have padding on it because if you're gonna That's sit true. down, you're sitting you, down. Yeah. You're sitting down. I mean, like you're not bringing your own pillow with you to sit down on. Yeah. Because those Good point. those chairs would be hard. So, like, but he's also again slowing down as he goes to hit Sami Zayn in the back because, you know, as much as these two characters don't like each other. These two people like each other still. I mean, like, yeah. or, or at as least human or, as yeah. human beings, they like each other. I mean, maybe they're not necessarily friends, but like, they're still like, you know, they still got to work with each other at the end of the day. They still got to yeah. go. They still got to go to the next town and do the next bit because Sami yeah. Zayn's still going to probably be a part of this match probably yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. So, um, but no, again, Seth Rollins leaves victorious and as a champion, as you want the champion to, as you would want yeah. the champion to do. Yeah. Uh, and then people actually started leaving, but we have our main event for the night. Right. And that was a non-televised match with Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. Um, and they talked about it earlier. They mentioned it, like, just before, like, the Kevin Owens, uh, Seth, yeah. uh, Seth Rollins match. Yeah. Um, during the commercial break, like, your main event, your show main event is this, but your but this is the actual main event of the night. Yeah. And um, it was a chance for, because um, WWE's done a good job of like, especially like in older days, would have had like the main event, would have had like Stone Cold Steve Austin and other characters out there. And sometimes they would, after the after the match was over, they would sing with the rest, with the crowd. They would like yeah. 
poke fun with the crowd or do stuff afterwards for like 10, 15 minutes before they left just as a way to be like, oh, we had this great experience with Stone Cold before yeah. we left. Um, but we got to saw, see a match between Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch. Again, um, in... in, in uh, very much, again, entering yeah. the ring just as they would have before. Yeah, so, so a full intro. Oh, yeah, no, again, very much a full intro. And almost the same intro, if anything. Yeah. Um, but like I said before when we were there, this is probably them testing out elements of their match in two weeks. Okay. Lacey Evans. So a dress rehearsal. Kind of like a dress rehearsal, but like also trying out special moves or different spots or ways of doing stuff here. Because sometimes you don't know if this works until you get there. And yeah. Having a big crowd audience gives you the, affords you the ability to practice and get an actual crowd reaction to it while you're there. Yeah. Um, so they do that match there. Um, and then Bailey comes out, which is cool. So we get to see the hometown hero again. Well, because because Lacey offends. Oh, yes. And and smack talks Becky in a very unflattering way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Bailey was, was Becky's uh, partner. Tag team partner t- earlier. Yeah. So, yeah, she's so. going to come out and she's going to defend the honor of her, of her fellow champion and friend. So she whomps on Lacey. Yeah, and then they, they have this nice little fun bit where they are... With her, where Becky Lynch and Bailey are hanging out with the crowd, they're doing, you know, they're taking selfies, and they're basically giving a nice go home sort of moment. Yeah, and it was a very warm, warm fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that was cool. And then we left with the giant crowd and swarm of people. Yeah. Uh, and that was our, and that was a wrestling show. So, so as you said, we got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I like you know my overall thing was was um, there's there's such a um, sort of clear they're clear cut lines I understand why this would be so popular even though it's it's deter- predetermined outcome yes um, because there's such clear good guys and bad guys and I think in in the world we live in today it's not so easy to always sort of delineate between good guys and bad guys and here you it's okay to root for the bad guy oh yeah if no you yeah, want if, to. If, you, if, you, if you're the bad guy sometimes you know you want people to root for you but this is very much a black and white world where like there's not a lot of nuance in what's happening and if there is like it's fair not that nuanced there's actually like there's not a lot of layers into it at all um it doesn't or, require a lot of you to just sit and enjoy it no it's very much again like it's, it's very much what i would call a, a popcorn affair like there, there's some shows you watch because you watch it to get the experience out of it and to say you've watched it and to enjoy kind of the popcorn along the way and maybe you enjoy it along the way here but and there's nothing wrong with that but like it doesn't really mean all that lot all that much to you at the end of the day here like I've, uh, I've seen but, a lot okay of- but I would I would argue I had a really good time and that does mean a lot to me yeah no again you have a great time I mean like yeah I mean. If you go to the Marvel movies here as an example here, like, they're very much popcorn affair. I mean, like, yeah. not coming out of the Marvel movies with any profound sort of, like, Truth. Th- you haven't discovered yourself. You're not going to discover yourself. You're not going to find some new truth to anything. Yeah. You're really going to kind of, like, see something really fun and spectacular. And maybe you think about it in the context, oh, what's the next Marvel movie going to do here? Or, yeah. oh, my goodness, how does this play an effect to this here? But, like... But you leave that movie theater, you're, you're not thinking to yourself, like... You go back to your life. You just go back to doing whatever you were doing beforehand. Like, yeah. But the, you go to some experience, and you're just like, 
oh wow, that that's, was life that's, changing. That's, that's, that's life yeah. changing, or wow, I never thought about it from this point of view. Yeah, you know, sort yeah, of I, stuff. I just think I think first of all, it's it's not only fun but essential that you occasionally just let yourself go with it. Yeah, and flow. And I think the other thing is that that to be able to laugh and yell and scream and all those just things. Get stuff out of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was no. awesome. Oh, absolutely. It's just the ability to just kind of like go out there and just sing with a wrestling song as somebody walks into the ring or interact or just like look at a guy and just be like, boo, we don't like you. And the crowd, and, and as much as the crowd was a participant and the crowd was cheering or booing people, um, the crowd wasn't rowdy. Nope. Crowd was actually almost very respectful on a, on a lot of levels. Yeah. So. Very respectful of what was happening ring. I mean, like. So you get some ready crowds that like occasionally will bring a beach ball, and that'll get bounced around, and yeah. and those are very much. That's one of those things like when they were checking bags, they look for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you you're allowed to bring so little in, um, but you know, well, like like when I got into the parking garage before we went, I went, oh kids, I don't know that this is appropriate for kids, and then and and there was an eight year old sitting next to me. Because yeah. I asked his father how old he was. Um, and, and the father was occasionally reminding him it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all, but um, by the end of the show, it's like, yeah, it's totally appropriate. Oh, yeah, no. It, it, they've, they've toned everything down to a PG kind of t- TV yeah. level. So, like, it's something you could, it, it's something that if you prefaced your children for with some parent guidance, yeah. you could have your children, you can have an eight year old, you know, watch this without too much of an issue. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. no, nothing said there at all was, you know. There's no profanity. There's no profanity. I mean, like, the worst is somebody saying that they were going to beat somebody else up. Yeah. For yeah, so, part. yeah, I mean, probably maybe a little heavy for an eight-year-old, but I totally got um, people bringing their kids. Yeah. So, so all in all, a great experience. Absolutely. Yeah. What did you think of the crowd? What were some of you, like, what, what were some of the things you noticed out of the crowd? Like, Well, of, of course, the whole audience thing. Um the whole they know all the songs they know all the characters mm-hmm. they're um the avid booing with the thumbs down like anybody on that stage can see you with your thumbs down um gesturing wildly um the fact that, that, that you were encouraged to get into it and that's pretty cool i liked all the i liked you like seeing all the people with the belts yes yes absolutely so so yeah, tons of people wearing bringing the, wearing their own belt over their shoulder, wearing around their waist. Um, some people dressed up like the characters. And like some the kid. characters, yeah. Saw a couple Macho Mans and Hulk Hogan's. Yeah, um, and 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 reverence for for the Steve Austins and yep. and the Rock and that sort of thing too. Yep, a lot of old shirts I saw there too. Yeah, like, John walk, Cena. And walk, yeah, just a couple of them I saw was like a couple like very old shirts. It was like ooh. Surprised that shirt's in such good condition. Yeah. Because again, I have some wrestling shirts, and now I'm just like one of them is like, I can't wear this anymore because it's so old. And it's, yeah. It's either ripping in some places, or the um, the graphic on it is literally like just so old at this point here that like it's literally going to chip off and fade. So like. Yeah, you said a lot of reverence. Um, yeah, so a lot of the belts, which I thought, you know, that costs money. Mm-hmm. And how much? How much are those? They can't be cheap. They start at like two hundred dollars. Okay. And the ones they were selling there, which was the Universal Championship, uh, that was probably the deluxe version, which was probably at about like four hundred, four hundred, four hundred fifty bucks. 
Okay. Um, if you if you ever get one of those, you get them when they're on sale. Okay. Because like they're because otherwise like they're they're if you bought it at full price, you'd just be wasting money. And it's well, always one of those things like no, not gonna do that. Probably uh, get that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I've always enjoyed those wrestling bits here. I've always had a lot of fun going to them. Um, I saw the people I wanted to see, so I was happy with that. Um, would have loved to see the New Day there, but they were on they're they're on SmackDown now. Okay. So that was in Sacramento here yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, so now did some of the people that we saw on on uh, Monday night go to Sacramento yesterday? Yeah. Okay. I I want to say Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were there. I want to say there's like 110 in San, in Sacramento yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we were in there, it wasn't that it wasn't that hot when we were in the in the arena here at all. It was fairly well air conditioned. But yeah, but but in San Jose, it was it was you know, clearly in the high nineties though. That uh, oh, during, we, outside. Oh no, when we, when we went outside, yeah. But earlier yeah. in the day, it must have been at least a hundred and two, a hundred and five yeah. or so. It's it been nice, good hot, good hot days. Nice hot days here recently. Yeah. Recently, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, but that was a wrestling event. Um, and it was a lot of fun just hanging out with you at a wrestling event. Just kind of like watching your re- reaction to everything was certainly interesting. Well, I'm pretty animated myself. Oh, very much so. Yeah. So, um, that was a wrestling event that usually happened always on uh, US, uh, USA on TV here as of late. Uh, eventually, though, SmackDown is, be going, is going to be go, go back to Fox. Oh. They signed a deal here to for, for, for Fox to have it on TV again, or regular broadcast TV, Channel. I believe. Yeah. Um, so there's a chance that you'll see, that you can see wrestling on TV again here soon if you don't have cable. Uh, but if you ever want to watch wrestling, the best recommendation here is always going to be the WWE Network. It's got a one-month free trial, and it's at nine, I want to say it's like nine buck, nine or 19 bucks a month here. You get a lot of wrestling if you're into wrestling. Well, see, now I was surprised. When, when we did the first show, mm-hmm. I went out actually on that, and um, and did the free trial, and um, there were old matches. I mean, there were a, there was a lot of vintage stuff on there too. Oh, yeah, the WWE's done a very good job of curating basically almost every wrestling prior to about two thousand. So you got a lot of very old matches from like the sixties and seventies. Yeah. You got a lot of the stuff from independent stuff because they bought all that stuff up. Well, it was fun to see how it changed. Oh, I yeah. enjoyed that. Um, but it, and they've uh, got also a lot of backstage stuff here. We saw a lot of commercials for that, for like the behind-the-scenes sort of like yeah. backstage sort of like twenty-four shows, which are a lot of fun too to just kind of watch wrestlers over the course of like a day and see what they go through to get ready for a match or go through to just their day in some cases. They, yeah. That's a lot of fun to watch as well. It would be. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing how they train. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's going to do it here for us. We've had. Um, want to thank everybody for listening to us once again you can listen to us on uh, iTunes and Apple and if you can leave us a review because it really helps our website normally here is the neurotutorialpodcast.com we should post all the show notes and update it weekly with all of our episodes and then we've also got a Facebook group as well if you want to join up there and see some of the cool pictures we'll post pictures of what we saw here um, and then if you have any comments, questions, or ideas for future topics, you nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter here is the best way to get a hold of us to let us know what you think and what we're doing. Uh, but that's going to be myself here, your nudie tutor, and of course my mom, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.